This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Them ropes, Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino here, doing the second show of the week. Announcement about that, by the way. Uh, I am going to stop doing the Tuesday show. Too much audio. I set a trend. I am once again the main <laughs> trendsetter. I see the future, and the future is Nov. Yes. Tell them, Jeff. Well, it's just I have... Usually on a given week, I have really only about 15 minutes worth of stuff to say about the two shows combined. So trying to stretch that out into a half hour, 45 minutes, not really doing it. So if I have a lot of things to say about it, I'll do my own recording and I'll add it on to the Thursday show. If if it's just a few different things, um, they'll be so tepid by then. I'll just start shake them ropes that way and see if Chris can keep up. So, yeah, I'm, and also it's just one of those things where it's like I need another night in the week to myself. Yeah, no, I, I can relate with that. I got asked over the weekend here if I was going to start doing the main roster stuff again. And my generic response on this is when they get rid of the wild card rule and really signal that there has been a real sea change in the booking of the main roster, I'll go back to reviewing it. But I, I don't think we're saying anything new with our critiques at this point. So that becomes a little bit recursive as, as you know, Rob stated when he started this show, he didn't want this to be a straight on review show. He just wanted to hit a few major points and get out of there. And I'm fine with doing that too. I like breaking down the three shows on the network because that's a little bit more fun. Deconstructing Ron SmackDown isn't fun, but I'll still watch it. I'll still break it down. There'll still be pay-per-views to do. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll both still be watching the product enough to probably yeah. do like a preview of the monthly pay-per-view. I, I think we could probably still muster something like that. It, it's just if you listen to other podcasts on wrestling that break down this stuff, our takes will be ice cold by the time you get them. <laughs> but maybe, you <laughs> that, know what, Jeff? It. Maybe we do our preview shows for the Raw and SmackDown pay-per-views on the Patreon side, which you can go and check out at patreon.com slash shakethemropes. So two things, uh, Chris. Uh, number one. You kept one of these to... a mystery. Well, I'm keeping both of these a mystery, oh. actually. But uh, you went to the G1. I did. On Saturday live. How was that for you? I had a great time. I mean, the, the, this was sort of serendipitous. I wasn't necessarily even planning on going, and then I was able to land a ticket. My seat was a little higher than I would have liked, but I had a good view of the ring. And I'll tell you what, when Jushin Thunder Liger came through that curtain, even though from where I was sitting I could watch him come from like backstage and walk up to the stairways before he walked up and walked through the entranceway, which takes a little bit of the magic out of it, let me tell you. But even with all of that said, that music hit in the arena, goosebumps, man. I love Jushin Thunder Liger. Now, I will say this. This is an observation that I noticed, that during... The main event, the crowd was very into it, but I felt as though in the sub-main event, which was Kenta versus Kota Ibushi, the crowd was at times disrespectful, but more importantly, disengaged. Disrespectful in the sense that they started cheering and clapping for Red Shoes, which before... Kota Ibushi and Kenta came out. There had already been a big round of applause for Red Shoes. He had gotten his moment. He didn't need his moment. And I read it as a little bit of the crowd checking out. And there was a real contrast for me between the good, healthy, robust, correct pop for the main event, which was Tanahasi versus Akata, versus the sub-main event that I thought the crowd was lukewarm on in the house. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll address a couple things real quick. Um. The most surreal moment I think I've had in wrestling fandom was going and seeing Jushin Thunder Liger at PWG in Reseda in a in a uh, American uh, uh, AFW hall 
<laughs> you know, it's like I'm watching him and he's basically wrestling in a moose lodge. And this is one of the biggest superstars in Japanese wrestling history. And once the music hits, I mean, every, I mean, it was an electric atmosphere. It was just surreal to see him. The in, people in around that, me uh, all claim to be these big marks for New Japan. None of them were clapping when Liger's music hit. And I wanted to kind of be like, okay, you guys are talking a really good game, but this is Jushin Liger. You should get into this right now. Yeah. Um, I, I did think the Kenta Kota match dragged on TV a bit too. So I it, it dragged on TV as well. Yeah. Yeah. People felt disengaged. Um, uh, I'm oh, why, how did I forget his name so quick? Uh, Davy Boy Jr.'s partner. Oh, Lance Archer. Okay. Lance Archer. Thank you. Uh, Lance Archer is doing the gimmick Drew, Drew McIntyre should be doing on the main roster right now. Oh yeah, Lance. Is Lance is great. Really impressive in person, and I love all of the Texas spots. I get that this is apparently divisive for the internet, but look, we're in Texas. I love Texas's rich wrestling history. The Vod Erics are geographically linked to Dallas. It's one of our big claims to fame, so I don't have a problem with the claw spot. I'm aware the claw is cheesy. That's the whole point. That's what makes it fun. It's cheesy. Uh, it's not my ideal wrestling maneuver. It's not the best finisher in the world, but when they do it in Dallas, it's tribute to all of the legendary wrestling history right down to the Sportatorium, so I mark out for all of that stuff, but I get that other people when- don't like it. Yeah, when Barry Windham had the 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 razor blade in the glove, that was kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of cool when they did the uh, claw. Then, um, other thing I wanted to ask: What wrestling are you watching Saturday, if any? Are you watching the tenth anniversary Evolve show, or are you watching AEW Fight for the Fallen, or neither? I will likely catch both of them at some point when I'm working out, but Saturdays tend to be actually kind of a busy day for me now, uh, professionally, okay. because we have the private parties and stuff that uh, I, I take care of. So that that I will probably catch something, one or both of those, on Saturday night when we get back. I will be doing the after show um, AEW Fight for the Fallen over on Fightful. Uh, I will watch the Evolve probably before Extreme Rules. It will probably be one of those marathon days where I will hate wrestling by the time we get to Wednesday. So <laughs> so be on the lookout for, for Shake Them Ropes next week. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you want to talk about Folly and Evil. Come on. Let's let's do this. Let's do 10 minutes on Folly and Evil. No. Okay, no, fine. I, I really, I, fine. I really no, no, it's just uh, whatever. You take the fun out I of will, living sometimes. Look, I, I take the fun out of most things. Um, And, and trust me, I'll already be lost in the G1 by night three because I just can't keep up with it. Oh, that. I can't but wait. This nice is like my favorite night. time of the year. So I will okay. be having this on my computer and like half watching all of these shows throughout the next month and a half. I got some uh I got some blowback on Twitter um for not bringing up the Kevin Owens promo in my general discussion of how bad Raw was and how kind of I fa- I thought SmackDown was a little meh. It was it was decent, but it was meh. But this this awesome Kevin Owens promo. And the reason, Chris, I didn't bring it up is because I didn't think it was all that awesome, to be honest with you. I It was a good promo. It was fine. Yeah, that was my exact reaction. Is It, it feels, I mean, it's more real than, or more authentic feeling than some of these shoot-style promos, but it was still, like, I mean... It's still within the yes, universe yes. of WWE as a corporation, and I work for the corporation. It, it, it's Norma Ray getting on the table with, with Union as a sign. You know, it, it's one of those types of promos. There's a little bit more chaos going on with people kind of coming in and out of the arena, people exiting through the stands and through the crowd a little bit more. I like that, and we're adding a little bit more of that chaos energy that has been felt lost from the product but i'm with you yes this is very staged and plus and plus it's just a reboot of the kevin owens face run that they cut off to turn him heel for the new day just to turn him face again it's so it, it, it and none of it's really explained it's just well this is what this guy does i mean i like i think he should be a face so it doesn't 
make me livid, but yeah, I'm with you. They never should have aborted the first face turn. The first face turn was good. Yeah, we we just had all those promos that set up this this face character that was over, and then all of a sudden he's going to turn on the New Day, and then now it's like, well, all's forgiven. I'll go back to that. It's just a little... It's too cute by half with the stone cold imagery, and then, and then the promo was a little too CM Punky. It, it, it's almost like it, it's he's the Doctor Mindbender. You know, we're just going to take all these amalgams of different characters and stick it in, and that's that's what Kevin Owens will be now, as opposed to really, you know, I mean the guy we want to root for that's kind of a little on edge and the prize fighter and other things for his family. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I'm hoping for that more, but yeah, I, I was, I heard all this high praise and I kind of went step in the right direction. The crowd likes him. So, I mean, those things are clear pluses, but yeah, I'm with you. There's something about this that does leave me a little bit cold. Yeah. I, I just, I, I wasn't ready to get on that bandwagon just yet. So we have three shows in a tremendous upset but well-deserved. The best show this week was 205 Live, I thought. Yeah, I, I, thought I have to agree. was a lot of good stuff on this yes, show. Yes, absolutely. Um, two big pluses. The Umberto Carrillo video package, which we're going to get three weeks of, I guess. And I'm fine with that. Give me more. Give me more of the story. Give me more of the Roddy Strong from NXT type feeling that they built with him as opposed to him just... You know, I came here and now I'm sad. You know, I want more. I want to know him better a little bit more than just uh, catchphrases, but it's a good start. And then the video to end this show did more for Tony Nese than two years of in 205 Live have done for him. What a great retroactive continuity to, to edit around all yes. of the Enzo stuff. I was clapping at the end of this because I thought they did such a nice job dancing around a very important chapter in the dynamic between Drew Gulak and Tony Nese that for very obvious reasons you can't revisit right now. And yeah, no, I thought they just did a fantastic job with that finishing package. And dare I say, another strong week of acting from one Mike Canellis. Yep, I agree. L- love I'm, I'm... the Mike and Drake Maverick storyline. I'm so into yeah. this mid-card storyline. It's great. Yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm famously blocked by Mike Canellis, probably because somebody snitch tagged me. But uh, and I, Drake's I reaction was so great when he was delivering the fine. I just, I loved that. Yeah. I don't really want to. He's do this. so much better. He is so much better on this 205 live show than he is on Raw. Oh yeah, he really is. It's he- stupid on Raw, and, and I like that they found an elegant way to avoid the wild carding of Drake Maverick with this little rule that during the one hour a week he's the general manager of 205 Live. The title is not up for grabs, so we're gonna keep the Drake as manager character serious. I that's all I needed. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I believe the wild card has officially been dropped. In some ways, they're just not going to even. Well, the twenty four seven title. You know, I call the twenty four seven the wild card belt because it's a wild card. I I loved Nigel's the twenty three seven because he's off for an hour. Uh, Math not quite right there. Math not quite right there. But yes, I get what he's Um, trying to say. And the the one real weak promo I thought was I I thought Oni Lorkin's beginning promo here. wasn't uh, his character's still weird yeah it's you know he's he's playing kind of the intense weird creepy guy and i don't know if it's connecting with me that that's just it you know why because eventually he has to be juxtaposed i assume against drew gulak and i'm just having a hard time getting my brain around this oni lorkin character you know, opposed to that Drew Gulag character and me being really into Oni on this quest. So I wonder if there's another shoe to drop if we're going to turn Oni at some point still. Well, it, it's not that for me. It, it It's that the menace that he's projecting is more... How, how would I put it? It's this? a heels it, it's menace. More, it's wacky menace almost. It's... it's, it's I'm... Also true. It, it's, it's, it's community theater menace. It, it's it's lifetime movie angry boyfriend menace. <laughs> Why did you go out at ten p.m.? You know that kind of thing. It, you know you're just like all right, whatever. I, I it, it was that kind of thing. I did like the way 
they staged um, Arya Davari attacking him at the end. Of yes, it. that was, was great. Cool. I, and I loved break them up, break them up don't let them the touch end. until the end of the night. Mm-hmm. That made me so yep. excited to see them lock horns at the end of the night, and they delivered on that end, too. Agreed. Let's uh, go through the matches. Sure. So, Brian Kendrick has a match against Sunil Singh. I like the setup video package for this. Uh, real simple. Kendrick is backstage. The Bollywood boys show up, offer Kendrick an award. Kendrick is offended because they say other things that are slighting. And Kendrick challenges them to a match. Good match. Totally fine. And then we're setting up a tag match next week. Story of teaching him to dance was good for the first time. I didn't need it three more times. Yes, I agree I, I just needed well. it once. Um, yeah, I, uh, the way that they had that ending though, I, I, I thought for sure Tozawa was turning on him, but I'm happy he didn't. I'm happy because I think Tozawa works better as a baby face. Oh, I and agree. I think he gets a lot of goodwill on him as a baby face. Particularly so with I, Drew I'm fine with this. and Davari, you don't really need a ton more heels right now because you've got a heel champion. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you know what? To get uh, get the Singh brothers away from the Lucha House Party onto another team, I'm, I'm good with that too. So, yeah, I enjoyed this. Jack Gallagher had a little showcase match against Devin Justin, who worked on Monday Night Raw. Not a ton to this, but this was interrupted at the end by Mike Kanellis, who came out and threw a big temper tantrum. The crowd got all over him as he was doing this, and then that led to our backstage segment between Drake Maverick and Mike a little bit later. Um, I like Jack Gallagher. I I, uh, I still think the audience is a little confused as to what side of the ledger he's on in terms of face. The music. Field. The music needs to change. I don't need him to go back to... It's not the he needs to go back tell. to Bizet's Carmen. He, you, oh, you, yeah. you you want him to go back to Carmen. I don't know that I want him to go back to Carmen, but I, I do need him to have a little more pep because this theme that he currently has is such a William dark. Regal dark style yeah. theme. And I love his headbutt. I thought the work was good. Nice. He got a nice little match out of the guy he was working with, and that was fine. Of course, I just like Bizet's Carmen. That's, so, oh, I, that, that is, it's, a great, it's a great yeah, opera, no, so. Yeah, it's, it's feisty. <laughs> I love that song. So, or as some people may call it, the theme from the Bad News Bears. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how that's how you learn all your pop. That's how you learn all your classy cultural stuff is how it was used in pop culture. Like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, we learned Wagner by watching Bugs Bunny cartoons. You know, <laughs> so why not? Um, yeah. What what was uh was next? The uh, anything goes or did we yeah yeah. Uh, next we have Oni Lorcan versus Arya Davari in an anything goes match. They brought out the ladders. They brought out the chairs. These two guys work really well with each other. Uh, they are willing to be pretty stiff with one another. I felt bad for these guys because. This is the point where this crowd turned into a WWE crowd where they didn't care about anything until the tables came out. Oh, I know. Which I thought was a a problem. Yeah. Yeah. The tables. I I just, I wish, I wish we could uncondition them on that. Wish we could uncondition them on the wedding. I I really wish we could just have them, in in a word, not be the show, but play your role in the show, kind of. It's just, it's, I'm juxtaposing it with, uh, I watched one of the, uh, one of the Bash House shows that was put up for, for 86 and it's in a Greensboro, it's in Greensboro. It's in the uh, football stadium there. Uh, like the college stadium or something like that. I think it's a UNC Greensboro one and the massive pop for just a cross body block beating black Bart by Robert Gibson. You know, I, I want, I want rabid crowds, but I also don't want the self-aware crowds where they're just, you know, they're watching these guys hit each other with everything under the sun, and all they care about is, hey, when are the tables coming out? You know, just, you know, get into the fight, guys. Yeah, I, I think a big part of that, too. Moro was doing a little bit of this on NXT, but I'd like to see Vic do a little bit more of this because it seems like he has a little less of uh, people in his ear. Highlighting the form and the quality and the great execution of certain moves. Like, for example, when Davari does the big splash off of the ladder, that mm-hmm. looked great. Make sure you that really, awesome. yeah, you make sure you really put over how formally perfect that is and have Aiden English explain that and you, you end it with, I don't like the guy, but you have to respect that. There's a way for the babyface announcer to also be putting that over as well. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that uh, WWE doesn't do 
all that well. And that's how you decondition make... them. That's how you get well, them off of just waiting for tables. Well, the, well, uh, the, the thing that like other wrestling companies would do is if it's a big fight feel type of thing, they would put over the bravery of the heel in going to town too because they weren't being cheating sneaky bastards necessarily if it was a blood feud. They were fighting for their lives, you know, in a cage or in a, you know, a yeah, yeah. The lines like, you had, you say know? what you will about Jake the Snake. Yes. Tonight he's standing toe-to-toe yes. against The Undertaker or whatever, whoever yeah. your feud is. Say what you will about Arn Anderson, but he is one of the best in the game at, you know. And he's one of the toughest in the business. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would put over the toughness of the guys. So so that I'd like to see that a little bit more. And then again, this just awesome Drew Gulak, uh, Tony Nese, uh retrospective slash hype video for the match which uh unless uh unless akira tozawa wins the 205 ty- or is it him that's god i can't even remember the matches on this evolve show because i think he's i think it's uh oh no it's riddle and 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 gulak for the 205 live that's uh that was my mistake then uh i don't think matthew riddle is gonna be added into the match hey, are we gonna um, finally get the failing William angle where matt riddle wins against drew gulak but doesn't make weight <laughs> That would be very fun. Uh, no, I, I, but I think Gulag wins fairly easily against Tony Nese on uh, on Sunday. Though. Oh, I completely agree with that. I, I think we're setting up a Tony turn because they keep emphasizing that his cruiserweight title thing. I, I think that this loss is going to get into his head. Let's move on to NXT, shall we? Sure. Let me make this note also from the main roster. They are turning me on the street profits, and I feel bad about that. I absolutely loathe what they're doing in terms of being the kind of the uh, hype men. They're like the Greek the, uh, chorus of Monday Night Raw now. Yes, they're the Greek hip-hop chorus of, of Monday Night Raw, and it's interesting. And terrible. End, and just what they're doing, the Montez Ford doing the rock impression and the random screaming of stuff i'm just like what are no stop that because he also did that in the main event of of nxt where it was like he had the divon get the tables moment where where it's just like oh here it comes here's the pattern that they're trying to establish for this guy i just i i'm i'm trying to re- i love the street profits don't get me wrong i love them their presentation on Raw was just, it was, I'm watching this going, do you want these guys to get over as baby faces? Because I don't know if, there'll be a certain segment that goes along with them as the, you know, oh, they're having fun because they have big personalities. But I think there's a certain segment that'll boo them if if they continue this way. Yes. I could totally see this going a little bit like the original run of the New Day, or not the original run, but that second iteration of the New Day, where they were supposed to be faces, but the crowd was not on board. Yeah, when, when, after after they got past the, uh, we're we're serious and we've been put down, you know, when they were in suits and stuff. There was a little bit of the insurgent campaign, and then they went wacky and zany. And, and then they and then they had the uh, the church chorus video. Yes, yeah, where where everybody was coming in doing you know the the gospel voice. You know, about the, and everybody's just like, ugh. Well, yeah, and Big E was that? cutting entire promos into preacher voice, remember? Yeah. Which, the, I yeah. mean, they still do yeah. the aww, but, like, I mean, it used to be an entire promo in that as well. Um, oh, yeah. No, I remember much. that. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to NXT UK. We begin. No, 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 no. no. We, have the whole sh- we have the show to go over on NXT. Oh, we have to go to NXT. Okay, sure. Yes, let's. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were on yes. NXT UK. I'm my bad. I oh, no. I got the I, orders we... reversed. Well, it's because I found NXT the weakest. Oh, that's again, right. That's the right. Weakest goes in the middle. That's right. Absolutely. Not weak. On the other hand, uh, emo Io Shirai. Uh, oh, so oh. so you're into uh, <laughs> emo Io Shirai. I'm kind of into emo Io Shirai. Are you I, into I emo Io Shirai because she is very attractive in this character, or because this character is good? Um, right now, it's because the uh, the way they have her dressing in the black. Uh, the outfits look great. I'm not denying that, yes. but there's something very like it's actually off putting no, the, 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 the way promo, she's acting. The promo. The promo was bad. Yes, because she just she just should have yelled at them in Japanese as opposed to the broken English and dropping the mic. 
Yes. I, I, and I, there's like I, the know, way just... that she's playing with her hair and stuff too that I think is just it's like too much for me. I don't mind her being dark. I don't mind, I don't have a problem with her being dark. I like the new music. I like the new music. I like the new music. The new music's great. Yeah. But yeah. uh the, there is some stuff that I thought was a little too wacky zany for me. Um although I, I kind uh, of get the, what they're trying to do. The pausing I thought was a little much. I don't need any, friends, you know, yeah, any you know, that, that, of you, yeah, right. I, I, yeah, yeah, the the, I, the dead air in between some of those words. It's just like, yeah, let's. Uh, she could have just stared and gotten the booze. The crowd was clearly playing yeah. along. Just do the gimmick where you put up the mic to, when you're about to start, and you hear the booze, and you stop for a moment, and you just kind of glare at people, and then the booze get louder every time you try to speak. Kind of like Roman Reigns in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, but yeah, she didn't uh, need to say any of this, right? The crowd yeah, was already booing her. Yeah, I, we already know this line. The, package, the packaging is already better than the tiger mask. Oh, I completely agree with that. Yeah, no, this this yeah. is going to be an interesting revamp. This actually reminds me a little bit of the character that I mean, she ever so briefly worked as the Black Lotus tribe in Lucha Underground, especially with the black form-fitting stuff. So then we had a nice little showcase match for Damian Priest where he defeated Blanco Loco. Um, I, I like this. This continues to establish Damian Priest as a big, tough guy who uh, will hit the crap out of you. The Archer stuff has to go. Oh, I know. I know. It's it has to go. so cheesy. It's it, like a watered-down version of Gangrel. Well, it, it's, it, it was one of the problems that really... It, it really hurt Becky Lynch when she was doing the straight fire gimmick and she'd pull out her bow and arrow and shoot before she ran at an opponent. It, 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 it's, it's, it's one of those contrived things that'll get people to turn on a tough guy like Damian Priest is what it'll do. It'll undermine his toughness eventually. What did you think about Killian Dane and weaving in the troubles to the Killian Dane character? Is this a little too political like esoteric or something yeah they were weaving in the troubles uh, he was talking about losing part of his hearing from a car bomb in ireland i, I thought this is, this is i'm okay with educating an american audience about this but i sort of think you're gonna have to educate an american audience about the troubles i think it's a good character just not right for wwe it's great for wwe uk though um it's great for wwe uk in some ways but this is a guy who needs to come out angry and smash people and not care about hurting them. And I just think they don't do that character well because it's all Yeah, right. yeah, and I don't see how the trouble stuff really connects to him doing something in the ring. It's just kind of like a loose motivation. Now I'm so angry. I'm kind of... Now I'm angry and I'm an agent of right, chaos. Right, right, right. <laughs> you might say he lacks sanity. No. So, then we, hey, yeah, I know, it's a good joke. We should go with it. Jordan Miles faces off against Boa. Now, did you not like this match? Because this match had, like, kind of a weird energy, but I kind of liked it, and I kind of like this Boa. I, I'm, I'm a fan. Jordan Miles, a little bit wacky for me, could have been a little bit more ramped down, but once these two guys got going and really started trading off the kicks and stuff, I was pretty into it. Jordan Miles, the former ACH. Um, I didn't like Boa that much. I thought he was a little... Why not? I, I think he's miscast. I think he's doing choreography when he shouldn't be doing choreography. That That's my, my thing. I, I think ACH a little too... Um, How do I put this without being too insensitive? The thing that they like to do with athletic African-American performers to show that they have personality is to make them cocky kitsch and, and, and yeah, type of thing. It's, it's, we got enough of that type of personality on there. You know, the smiling, he's, he's kind of glommed a bit from the old MVP character with the b basketball stuff. Well, yeah. And then next week we're going to have Apollo Cruz back here, who is very much the same type of character. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I like ACH a lot. I like him as a wrestler. Oh, he's great! Yeah, he's yeah. He's one, a very one of his more wrestler. underrated runs, I thought, was when he was with Ethan Page in in Evolve. I I, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting tag team where uh, they're kind of playing meta bad guys. There, that's kind of meta to me, done right. But I like that stuff. Um, yeah, I uh, you know, Boa was okay. He was okay 
He's a guy that in the old territory system, I put him on the road six six nights a week going up against a guy like Ivan Koloff to work, to learn how to brawl a bit, and then learn how to... He has a Zia Lee problem in that, in that they want to do all these magnificent kicks and all these wonderful acrobatics with the kicks, and he's just not good at it. To be honest, no. They and they need to let if you're going to throw kicks, they need to let people who throw kicks kind of work a little bit stiffer. Yes, like there needs to be a that's little exactly bit more it. oomph behind the kicks. That's exactly yeah, it. and, and there was stiff. a little bit of it, but that's what I need. Yeah, I need a little bit more stiffness from the kicks. And WWE tends to like an acrobatic martial arts movie it's style of kick throwing. It's a dance. It's a dance yes. type of martial arts as opposed to you a see that fight. with Damian Priest. Yeah, Damian Priest was like throwing kicks, and he's throwing kicks in the WWE way, which is a little bit gimmicky. What's, for my taste. what's that? What's the Brazilian martial arts dancing? I can't. Th- oh, capoeira. Yes, it's that. But like, there was a thing about this match that I did kind of get into. I'll be honest. I thought it went on way too long. I mean, I, it, it was a phone check match for me. To be honest with you, I you know I don't think a first round match should last as long, even though you're introducing all these new guys. But uh, that's the problem when you're introducing all these well, new yeah, guys, though, it, is you want to make sure everyone looks good. Yeah, when when in reality, the first round should be, just be cannon fodder and the guys that you want to want to make interesting. That's, you know, but, uh, yeah. It, this Shayna Baszler promo. Loved it. I adored it. Yeah, no, it was you, amazing. You know why? Because she told the truth. Every, yep. every mixed martial artist says, if I hadn't found fighting, I'd be in jail right now or whatever. I In stitches. Her disdain, in stitches when she said her that. Her disdain for this whole thing cracked my <laughs> cracked me up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I... Oh, mixed martial arts saved my life. Yeah, oh, God, great. It's like, I it's, love it. It's, it's like for me, if, if a wrestler goes... If a wrestler ever cut a promo, and I think they did, I, I can't remember which woman did it, but they're cutting promos on Sasha and Bailey. Oh, it's always been their dream to be in the WWE, and they love Eddie Guerrero, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like everybody has the same story. Whatever. I'm here to win and be a champ. Loved it. Absolutely love this. Intrigued by the Keith Lee promo. Not really sure where we're going with this yet, but I, I think maybe we're trying to get him back into the main event picture against Adam Cole at some point. We're trying to heat him back up. More of a thing. Um, yeah. But it was interesting. I mean, I, I was at at least two of the shows where they took that video, those videos from. Um, yeah, I, uh, I like Keith Lee a lot. I just... I don't know... I don't know if he can crack through the top upper echelon of NXT. That that's my worry. Um and I don't know They're gonna have to find a thing with his character. I think he can. He, I think he he's can. He's gonna have to say more than bask in my glory. Yes, exactly. And and that's the right now he's the catchphrase sing along guy that, that the people love, but he hasn't and he needs a signature win. That that's the other thing he needs. But I want I wanted you to picture this because I think it can be done with him. Dusty versus the Horseman. Only it's Keith Lee versus the Undisputed Era. I'm down with that, but <laughs> I think you can get there. But, but, but they're not God, there right like, now. That's like the that's like <laughs> the problem is that the Undisputed Era guys are so small compared to Keith Lee. It, it's like it's like the. Uh, would you rather fight uh, a duck-sized horse, or like <laughs> one duck-sized horse, or a hundred or a hundred duck-sized horses, or something like that? Whatever. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're trying to get at here, but yeah, no, I, I mean, but that also would explain why Adam Cole needs the numbers. Okay. So you always have this. If no, Keith Lee just had I'm, even numbers, I'm, yeah. I'm down with this this program. If if that's what you want to do, and if you can make Keith Lee as tough and as bad. As Dusty Rhodes, in terms of being angry and showing that passion when he gets jumped, you know, when he gets his arm broken, you know, if 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 Keith Lee can come back and cut a hard times promo, I'm down with that. But otherwise, yeah, no, it it requires a little bit of lift, but I I can see this angle okay. in my head and actually it working, but but needs to be worked. What did you think? Then we get to the main event. Well, oh, oh, oh yes, there's one other thing. What did you think of the uh, Velveteen Dream press conference? I was expecting him to leave the podium on some sort of motorized scooter or <laughs> one of those segways. I'm not joking. That was actually the thing that I thought was going to happen. I was surprised when he just walked away. 
So I guess the answer there is I thought it was a little bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. I, I did as well. Although I do, I do like, <laughs> I get some sick fascination that he always just takes pleasure in elevating Kathy Kelly. Yes, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. Kathy <laughs> Kelly. Queen Kathy. You know, I, I do like that. He tre- Kathy is really good. Tre- yeah, did she I just, is. Like, I, I caught the opening of the last NXT TakeOver the other night when I was just on the WWE Network after I finished the NXTs. And Kathy was having to drag New Guy along. And I could just see how good she is at doing this job, which is a weird and very unnatural job. She really does have it down. She's good at what they ask her there to do. There are two things Kathy does well. Um, personal interviewer to Velveteen Dream. And straight person to heal women on the roster. Between Bianca Belair and the Iconics, she's the perf- perfect straight woman for them. I, I, I the uh, the Royal Rumble interview backstage with the Iconics is still possibly my favorite piece of comedy this year in wrestling. It, it was just so so good. Uh, yeah, and then uh, the Street Profits versus um, the Brit Am Brawlers. AKA Oni Lorkin and I won't call him Martin Stone, but that's not his name. His name is Danny, Danny Birch. Birch. Yes. Decent match, I thought. Nobody interfered. Um Yeah. Decent match. Nobody interfered. I was actually a little bit surprised. I thought we were gonna get the Forgotten Sons out here, but I, I it found, looks like the Forgotten Sons are kind of on their way. I found this version of the of the Street Profits, though, a little too um a little too flashy as opposed to being nervous that they're actually going to lose their titles. I, I, there's just, yes. it's just a little too clever by half. And, uh, you know, they got a little too confident for my taste and I want them to be hungry. Still, they got a little like too hungry sports- as champions. The one thing that Morrow did that on commentary that I think was just genius is introduce that adage from mixed martial arts of they say when you become a champion you become 25% better which is such a great thing to have floating out there in the kayfabe world of why is this guy who was once a goober um, doing prelim matches now suddenly so much stronger because they're the champion you can kind of put that out there and go, well, they're getting that little champion's bump. They're a little bit better. They get that swagger and that confidence that comes when you're champion. So I liked that touch. Yeah, I did, uh, they were a little too sports entertaining for me. Just, just a little. I agree with that. I agree with that. And, you know, the I get why Birch and Lorgan had to do the quick little heel turn there in the middle of the match just to make sure we were solidified. But, yeah, I, I don't know. There it. was they're, something. They're fine yeah. being heels because they're kind of brawlers and and they can they can go either way on that so i was good with that yeah yeah but this was good and i'm looking forward to red dragon versus the street profits but one other thing that i want to say that was good i really think that the outfitting on tonight's episode for the street profits was better than in other weeks past yes. i love the jackets and i thought that the color scheming and stuff looked very good on them yeah especially on uh on dawkins Dawkins, yes, right. Dawkins Dawkins has has sometimes been hit or miss. He has an issue with gear because of his body type. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, So with that, let's move it on over to NXT UK. The Hunt, we're in the main event. So that's always a good uh, thing. We will get to my morning over the the hunt. (laughs) Yes. But first, we must begin with an Ashton Smith match against Ilya Dragunov. It appears that they're telling... A story with Ashton Smith, which is good. So he is losing these matches, but he's losing these matches in a purposeful way to build to his one big first win. I'm guessing this will be taken care of a little bit better than Kurt Hawkins' one big first win. Crowd still with Smith. Crowd starting to cool off on Smith a little bit, though, with the whoops. And so I don't know how much longer you can drag that out. Um, See, I'm going to disagree because I don't think the win he's going to get is going to be big enough. I think they're gonna give him like a win over like Chris Hero. I mean, uh, Cassius. I said better than Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, and 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 you know, in order, in order, I set the bar low, Jeff. Yeah, but in order to get this type of character really over, if you really do think, if you really are taking care of him, he has to beat someone like Walter in a non-title match for his win. That would be very interesting. To have this one dangling victory, and, this like question mark of could Ashton Smith actually put it together someday? And I don't think that's Ashton Smith. 
I, I just don't. No, I don't. He's not the right guy for that story. Yeah. So, so I think, uh, I, I think he's purely going to be one of these guys that they feed to guys like Dragonoff to get him over. And I'm fine with that. And Dragonoff is okay. I still find him a little goofy, but, uh, I yeah, it's a little that. too big yeah. for me, he's, but he's, it, it is what it's going to be. He's too small to be playing it this big. He is doing the Macho Man thing only on overdrive. Uh, that I keep thinking about, you know, Macho Man with the big boas and the big cape and all of this stuff to make himself look bigger coming to the ring. And Dragunov does that only without, like, brightly colored boas, but instead with these contacts and with, like, all of this over-gesticulation. Yeah, I was uh, At one point, at Nigel said, oh, there's no wasted motion with Ilya Dragunov, and I scoffed because I'm like, he's always in motion. That's the whole gimmick. Yeah, I, I, I viewed it as more monster heel mannerisms that he was doing, you know, like the stomping and the, you know, the, the things with the arms and the growling and things, and I'm just like, you are, you are 185 pounds, my friend. <laughs> and that's what keeps him from playing as a heel to me. I, I'm not convinced that this guy's supposed to be a heel. I feel like he's being presented as a face. Mm. Even though he's defeating guys like Ashton Smith. Because Ashton Smith is kind of cannon fodder. So that goes back to your point about Ashton Smith and this push maybe not going the way they needed to. We had Radzi. In the backstage, I know this because every time I see him on my screen, he's identified name. as Radzi. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you the have to Radzi. say it at least once. Yeah, the Radzi. I actually now refer to my cat Shadow as Shadzi sometimes because I keep seeing Radzi referred to it as Radzi. He talks with Zaya Brookside. Zaya Brookside's character is uncomfortable. Not like Oni Lorcan levels of awkward, but not something that I'm connecting with. I uh, I, I like the interplay, though, between Babyfaces and Radzi. I like them being friends with the interviewer. You know, that kind of level of sure. comfort. Um, yeah, I my mind has drifted real quick, so I forgot what you just said. Um, <laughs> You're thinking about Nina Samuels no, I was at thinking the about, Download Festival. I was actually thinking about the Trent Seven promo. Okay, well, we can go there now. Okay. I, I was just trying to lifeline you. Let's talk about Trent Seven thank, then. Thank you. I just I thought I thought the Zaya Brookside was a typical great, you know, I'm a baby face and I get my time with Ginny next week and you know, and then Jazzy will probably interfere in some ways. I, I she's a she's a pure baby face and it's so adorable and me cheering for heels, I wanna see her crushed. I wanna see her dreams crushed and brought before her. And saying you will never be anything in this business. I am. I am looking forward to Jazzy and Ginny stomping a mud hole. I feel like we just got something deeply personal. And right stealing there. her soul. Yeah. You know, okay. You know, this is what you. This is what young baby faces uh, must go through as a as a baptism of fire when Jeff Hawkins watches them, and then eventually he'll find respect for them. <laughs> God. Uh, I loved this Trent Seven promo. I loved the kind of looking down as if he was uncertain to say, and then the moment he got confident, directly into the camera. I thought that staging was brilliant. Yeah, no, that was great. I love the explaining of what's going on with Pete Dunne and how Pete's got to do his own thing and how Trent's still here and how NXT UK was built on British Strong Style. Thought that the substance of the promo was really good, and he really connects with his fans, and that's what matters. Uh, you know, last week we didn't love the blocking with the beat down, but the more important part is that the crowd's with him. This is everything they want Roman Reigns to be when when he does the "We built this together, and we're all you know that kind of thing." And uh, I think they buy into it at NXT UK. I don't think they do. No, the crowd's about to turn the corner on, on him now that he's paired with Cedric Alexander as a janitor. <laughs> I, I think that that's really going to turn the corner. Yeah. Uh yeah. the the Nina Samuels show. Um it's endearing. I think it's, it's funny. Endearing. I think she's endearing. Yes. I know that she's goofy, but she's not it's, quite uh iconic's level of grading. It's, it's she's the, actually kind of like funny. It's the delusional heel gimmick and it's fine. I'm a showbiz star who wants to be on my show. Let's talk about. It. The problem is they do this with half the heels on the on the roster, giving them their own talk show. But I like, uh, 
I think the juxtaposition. And everyone's like a wannabe celebrity yeah. on this roster too. Remember, like they all think that they're like mm-hmm. a star in some movie that doesn't exist. The juxtaposition with the mud, though, I think is what did it. Yes, and her like walking tenuously with her boots and everything. No, I I thought that that really is what made it, and the visuals were very very strong on this. Mm-hmm. Then we had Tony Storm against Candy Floss. Not a ton to say here. This is a non-title match. I thought that this match did a good job getting Candy Floss a little bit further up the ladder. Yes. I mean, this is not designed to make her on tier with Tony Storm, but she had a couple of nice competitive spots and spots where she interacted well with Storm and held her own and looked like she wanted to win the match. And at the end of it, I thought Candy Floss benefited from having the match with Tony Storm, and that's what you want in these type of matches. Yeah, no, I thought Candy Floss came off real well in this match in terms of being the, uh, you know, the probably the lowest person on the female totem pole in terms and and giving her a little bit of shine, where she's up against someone who's at a talent level much higher than hers, but they're still both baby faces. And she still has some modicum of skill in there and can occasionally get one over on her. But eventually, skill will... Tony Storm underestimated Floss. And I think that the sort of the narrative here is that we, the audience, have been underestimating Floss and we're living that through Tony. So I like that. And then Kaylee Ray killed her, so... Yeah, and, and and then guess what? Tony Storm, the babyface, went and protected mm-hmm. Candy Floss, the other babyface, which I also liked. Yeah, I I, I thought it was interesting because I thought you're going to hate this, and I really I liked it. More. I found I, I, I when she came out and she's doing you know the licking the lollipop. The gimmick creeps me out a little bit, Jeff. It I, is. I'm going to be honest. It is. Yeah, it, and there's there's something uncomfortable about the gimmick for me. squirm at this gimmick. Uh, the, yes, it's it's one of those... If they have pro- appropriate mentalities. <laughs> yeah, yes. if you went to a women's wrestling show and this came out, you'd go, I feel icky right now, and I think I should go outside. Um, but yes. yeah, but but in terms of terms of her personality in the ring during this match, I thought Candy Floss did a great job of it. Yeah, so I, I liked this a little bit better than uh, I thought I would when, when I saw that that was going to be the match. And apparently I did as well. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I'm full of surprises. Liguero cuts a promo and he talks about losing some of these high-profile matches. We're talking about a bit of a reset for Liguero. I like that. I, they continue to put together good video packages for this guy. 51 episodes into this series. Uh, we really only started them in the last like five to six episodes here. But Liguero, now a guy that I root for. I can't wait to see him on my screen again. I really want a heel turn from him, and I want him to change his gear somehow. <laughs> mm, I don't know into that, what. No, that would be fun. As a demon. I don't know. I don't know into what. He joins the hunt as the bull. <laughs> yes, get mastiff. Yeah, let's let's. I want the hunt to be four guys, four crazy <laughs> dudes. All right, let's get to that. Um, yeah, a moment of silence for Shake Them Ropes favorite, the wild boar Mike Hitchman. Uh, mm. valiant, valiant fighter to the end, throwing his body all over the place. Ah. <sighs> This is a great match, though. I I love the work in this match, and I love the story in this match. I love that soft tease of Joe leaving Mark out to dry. I like that, too. I I was getting happy because I thought the heat spot was so extended that that the baby faces have to win this match. Uh, but it makes sense. I thought there was a chance. I thought that that's how we were going to go, and that was going to create the tension in Gallus. But, I did not see them winning and slow burning it. But it makes sense because uh, Mastiff will get the solo win, and these guys will take the fall for him. Um, I think I wanted this to be a little bit less wrestly, but there was certainly enough brawling to to make me happy about it. And I think, but, but I needed some more outside of the ring chaos. I want a little more synergy between Mastiff and the two smaller guys. Yeah. Like I, I want Mastiff to really pull these dudes together and get like the most out of them because I love Primate. He is a little small against some of these guys, but he's got great intensity and great fire. And paired with Mastiff, same thing with Wild Boar, a little small, but paired with Mastiff, you don't feel that nearly as much. I liked the, I, li- I kind of liked the, I thought, found it interesting that they didn't quite hit that finisher, the two turnbuckle finisher, but that, oh, I that Primate. that spot. That was so cool. Yeah, that Primate. That was hit great. The, yeah, that he hit the elbow, but he still didn't get the pin because it wasn't the He's uh, not finisher. the 
legal man. And also, it yes. wasn't the finisher. Yeah, no, I liked, I liked that. I thought that was really, really clever. Um, no, but he could have gotten the pin if he was the legal yeah. man. I, I thought that that helped keep the Hunt and the Mastiff team really strong, but it was a really smart and clever finish. I really liked this match. I, I thought that this kind of scratched all my itches, from the in-ring work to the in-ring story to the kind of meta story and where we're going off of this very purposeful match and really well worked. I gave it eight stars out of three, so I am I was quite happy with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I actually had it at I, it was a niner for me, but it was really close to being a tenner. I really liked the spot where uh, the hunt do the dive, and then and then uh, wild boar immediately gets the coffee brother and throws him in to try and be pinned. I thought that was that was a nice nice strategy type thing, kind of you know really treating the audience as smart as opposed to you know celebrating and then doing it. No, he immediately picked up the guy, threw him in the ring. I thought that was good. And they did the same thing to uh, Hitchman later to get the pin. I thought that, I thought, yeah, this match was a smart match. I thought, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't really know what more to say. I, I was completely satisfied with this match. Obviously, the only thing that would have been better is the Hunt winning, of course. But I thought that the story that they're telling is good and intriguing. Mark Coffey is now a guy that I'm into in a way that I was not into like eight weeks ago. So, you know, that's another bonus. Yeah, I I, I think he's uh, he's underrated. Mark's because, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? Uh, did you have anything to say about Extreme Rules? I did the preview on Tuesday. No. Okay. <laughs> you can follow me at Crap Game 13 You can follow Chris at uh, Chris Novembrino. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shake Them Ropes for as little as a dollar. We provide extra, extra audio. I think it'll probably be our hot takes on extreme rules and maybe the. Yeah, maybe, that, that's what you're getting this time. And AEW Fire or uh, Fight for the Fallen and maybe even the 10th anniversary show. If we can get around to watching all that this weekend, I think that'll be our. Uh, our show of choice. Chris also does other audio for your uh, auditory pleasure. Uh, please plug those shows at this time, Chris. Absolutely. All in the Family Podcast. New episode out this week. You can check it out at the allinthefamilypodcast.com. Don't worry about the government. New episode out like yesterday. And you can check that out at don'tworry.tv. And you can, of course, search for Don't Worry About the Government and the All in the Family Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow me at Chris Bruno. I think that's all we've got for right now. That's all I Until got for one. right now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>